Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody it is Corey Poirier and I am back uh, live uh, as per usual I'm on live a lot these days with two special guests I mentioned this on Facebook today I've been really excited about this it's a very unique interview for me and so I'm super stoked uh, to have these let's see one two and if I include the skull three and then yeah so I have three guests today with me I won't include myself as a guest but the skull is its own separate guest so mm. guest with me right now uh, so I have Bill Holman, I have Emily Harrison, and I don't want to, uh, I'm going to probably, as far as the skull, uh, is it Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull? Did I get oh, that correct. Right? Yep, okay. that's correct. Awesome. Okay. So everybody's here. We're all here. Hopefully the skull brought its A game. And so I wanted to, of course, welcome you both. I sent out introductions earlier. Uh, so, I mean, obviously feel free to, to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and viewers a little bit about yourself if you want. Uh, but really, I'm just going to go back and forth with some questions. So, you know, Emily, uh, you're, you know, you know a lot of our regular viewers and uh, and listeners. So, Emily, I don't know if you wanted to introduce yourself at all or, you know, I'll let you actually, I'll ask you first before I jump over to Bill. Well, you know what, is 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 no, I won't introduce myself ever the answer. It's it's like the answer is always yes to that. Uh, but for the many of you guys know me around here, I love being a part of Corey's audience and a part of his tribe. I'm Emily Harrison, founder, director of the Akashic Academy. And I work with visionaries and quantum thought leaders who are ready to tap the realm of universal intelligence where we can access all data, which makes us also very responsible. Once we have access to wisdom where it, it we become responsible for what we're going to do with that. But the people that I work with are not only ready to take that responsibility, but they're seeking where the blocks are so that they can tap their expanded creativity. And the Akashic Records allows us to do that. So as my career has grown, not only do I get to train visionaries in how to read the Akashic Records, but I've also started creating in-person events where we synergize the energy of Mother Earth in the vortex locations, which creates incredible expansions of what is possible because of the piezoelectric energy. We just reach very high levels of consciousness. And now I get to include my dear friend, Bill, who, again, like I, I know him from the human level of being my dear friend, 
But then there's also a part of me that steps out and goes completely fangirl on this. It got the, 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 that little girl in me that grew up in Missouri, before I went to Hollywood, before I had, you know, both the completion of the experience of what it, what it's like to rub elbows with really famous and really influential people, my fan broke was, what the heck? What The Mitchell Hedges Crystal Skull from Ancient Aliens? From the time of Atlantis? You get to travel with Bill and the Skull? And furthermore, it's not just about traveling with Bill and the Skull into these vortexes, but... The skull, I mean, I asked Bill, but basically, you guys, how it works is I have to get through the skull. The skull okays everything, yes or no. And I asked Bill if he would want to continue on training with me, visionaries for the entire year. And he and the skull said yes. So it's not just about working in the vortexes. It's about doing one-on-one work with Bill and the skull continuously and you see why the little girl in me, that 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 little Missouri girl in me, that fan girl, is like, you get to do that, really? Yes, it's so fun. Amazing. So, I mean, I have to ask Bill. I have to ask you about the skull in a second, obviously, uh, before we go too far into it, so people know the significance of this. But I also noticed uh, in your background that you have a martial arts background. So, I, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. But are you a Bruce Lee fan? Am I what? Sorry, a Bruce Lee fan. Bruce Lee. Oh, I, I am a Bruce Lee fan, of course. Yeah, for sure. I would ask because Bruce yeah. Lee fan. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I have the yeah. Enter the Dragon tattoo. There you go. So you got one of those. Oh, that that's pretty cool. That is cool. I'm committed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it, you know what? The whole thing about it in life is having fun. So the skull uh, tries to bring that out in people because when you're having fun and in that that state of mind magic happens so we work on and getting that and also getting people to connect with their inner self who and what they really are and by bringing that out not only do they find peace and joy because there's nothing better than being yourself and and finding a way to fit in and help the world with your gifts it's really amazing thing and the skull that's one of the things that does is it it mirrors people's inner self and brings out that that side of them that they can learn to uh, to do and be whatever they want, mm-hmm. and that's pretty very exciting. So, uh, you know, all of us have different gifts, and it's a matter of connecting this to them. But uh, lucky that I can say that I found, you know, always growing up, I always wanted to know what I wanted to be when I grew up, and uh, I, you know, if you look at me, I guess I've should be grown up by now, but I have grown up and I have found out what I want to be. And I uh, I like adventure and I like helping people and changing lives. And I uh, am taking the skull to different places because it kind of takes me to them because there's certain people that need to connect to it. So I don't really understand all of it, but uh, uh, it has a special energy that a lot of people that can feel, and there's a lot of people even watching that can feel the energy because it's it's a very peaceful thing, but it's also this kind of brings this universal divine love. And it's the word that the skull is saying now is remembering. And so we are coming into this time of finding who and what we really are as soul and our true essence and power and bringing that into the world, which is 
really an exciting thing right now. So, Bill, I have to then ask you, uh, can you tell us, I guess, because I didn't do it at the top, but can you tell us a little bit about the skull for those that maybe sure. don't even know what the skull is we're talking about and, and follow it up by how did you get possession of it? So what okay. is the skull yeah. and how did you get possession of well, it? And I consider it one of the most, if not the most mysterious artifact in the world because they truly cannot figure out who made it or how it was made. Uh, it's piezoelectric quartz, the same kind of uh, quartz that they make computer chips out of, and it has dolphins in the cheekbones. If you look how they're carved, there's the head of it, there's the tail and the fin, and you can see it when it, when you when the light hits it, you get, it'll pop out. There's two of them, and so it has that. It has when you look at the back, it's like a two halves of a human brain, and so it's amazing how it is. But it, sometimes if you look at it. It looks like it's really thinking or doing something in there. If you look in the eyes, it takes you kind of into this world of crystal, peace and joy. Because it, it works with universal love. Uh, it has lenses and prisms that are built inside the crystal. And to build it with, with lenses, perfect lenses and, and uh, 90 degree turns inside the crystal, it would take like zero gravity to be able to form a crystal exactly on the inside. And so, you know, if it was found uh, a thousand years ago or more or whatever, who had the technology then to uh, do that kind of uh, things? We can't even do that now at this size, at this level. They can do it on smaller things in space, but not anything that's this huge. But it, uh, it has a legend that goes with it. And the legend is that there were 13 of these skulls made at the same time around uh, pre-Atlantean is what they say. That's what uh, at least four of the indigenous uh, tribes say, the, the Mayan, the Hopi, the Aborigine, the uh, Navajo, and the Aztec have legends that there are these 13 skulls that, were, that have been here. And they say that if the 13 skulls get together, there's a possibility for world peace. And uh, working with the skull and uh, with the things that come through, it said that world peace is, a, is achievable today. It's not like you have to wait 15 years or whatever. It's today, if we had the right amount of people with like minds coming together and creating the future of peace. So when you see that, uh, there's a lot of really good things that could be happening because people are waking up. They're coming and taking back their power. They're finding uh, their gifts. And it's all about, you know, I have one thing I do, and I really enjoy it, but coming to find out what you do, each one of us, and bringing that out to the fullest thing where not only are you following your joy, but you're helping people. And that seems to be the, the kind of the key to it. If you can find a niche that brings you into joy, and be able to change people's lives and, and help them, it's really neat. I say it's like a, we're painting a picture. And each one of us, if we become our full self, are the pieces and the pictures that fit perfectly. And, you know, if there's something that doesn't bring out their full ability, it's like that piece is missing. And it, this beautiful picture needs all the pieces, it needs all of us to come together. And uh, this is the time for that. So... If I didn't get off on a on a tangent, if you if I missed uh, something, or well, how did I get to be the 
the keeper of the skull? Is that what, was that a question? Yeah. Okay, well, it was found in 1924 in a pyramid in Central America. It had been closed for over a thousand years when they opened it, and it was opened on January 1st, 1924. And uh, F.A. Mitchell Hedges, the British explorer adventurer, is looking for a connection between Atlantis and the Maya. And his adopted daughter is the one that uh, was on top of the pyramid and the sunlight went through and there was a light inside and she told her father and that's how they opened it and that's where she went in and brought it out. But she did that on uh, January uh, 1st, 1924, which was her birthday. And then she had it, or he had it from 1927 till he passed away in 1959. In 1959, it went back to Anna, his adopted daughter, and she had it till she passed away in 2007. The last eight years of her life, she stayed with me and trained me in how to take care of the skull and what needs to be done. And with that, when she passed away on April 11, 2007, which happened to be my birthday, you know how that happens, uh, that I have been the keeper of the skull since. So it's a, it's a responsibility, but it's, it makes life very, very interesting. I definitely have a lot of stories in the last so many years. And I do also have, you see, Anna and her father would be behind me when I'm doing my lectures and my talks, and I could feel them that, well, I better not mess up. But I've got to the point that I must be doing better because they're giving me a little space now that I can uh, I can do my talk without being worried, worried about getting hit in the head from behind by a, by somebody on the other side. So uh, it, it, uh, it's been a, an adventure. It's been a lot of joy. And with the skull, it does three things very special. And one thing is, as we sit here and you sit in front of it, it has a tendency to connect with your heart and open your heart and try and work with trying to bring out your different gifts and abilities. So that's quite exciting. But it, I've seen it change people's lives so many times that it's a really a joy to be able to do that. So I find great joy in, in helping people uh, working with the skull. So that's kind of my my responsibility, but it's also my uh, gift of love. So that's what I do. Amazing. I love it. And so, and I want to circle back to, uh, I'll try to remember to circle back to traveling with the skull, because I mentioned that's an adventure. But uh, Emily, I wanted to ask you, uh, how did you actually meet Bill? And then, you know, I noticed you mentioned uh, something along the lines to me about uh, the process of opening the records of the skull. So can you maybe share with us how you met Bill and then a little bit about that as well, what that experience was like? Yeah, I was tracing that back for myself because, again, Fangirl is like, ah, how did this even happen? Um, and it really, when I trace it back, it comes down to um, a divinely inspired idea that I took action on instantaneously. And what that was, it was, it, it's, it may seem like a bold action to some of you. However, I had repetitively, repetitively taken this kind of bold action. It might actually be how I even know you, Corey Poirier. You might, either you or Nick um, was the one that I got this trick from that I'm about to tell you. And that was when it comes to networking, make a list of people that are influencers that you admire 
and reach out to them. Tell them hello, how are you? And I did that with Ruben Langdon. Was that you? Did I meet you that way or did you give me that advice or both? Uh, I don't think we met that way. And interestingly, my TED, if you watch my second TEDx talk, I talked about my dream 100 list, which is I made yeah. a list of 100 people, reached out, ended up interviewing 93 of them in that first year. And yeah. so I talk about this all the time. So it's very possible that it could have been me that mentioned it to you because I talk about a dream 100 list all the time. I feel like I might have learned it in that very first TEDx training that I took from you. That's possible. Possible. So anyway, I see Ruben Langdon, who is an awesome filmmaker for Gaia. He also does independent filmmaking. He also organized the Citizens Hearing on Disclosure in Washington, D.C. Awesome guy. I reach out to Ruben. I make friends with Ruben. We become friends and colleagues. I interview him several times. I invite him as the celebrity guest to Sedona last year, which he came, he accepted. He came to Sedona last year. And I remember the moment that we were out in the vortexes and we were like on a soul level, I really knew Ruben deeply, but we were just getting to know each other. And it's almost like I can look down right now in this moment and see our shoes walking together in the Sedona red rock dirt. When he tells me, like, we're just we're just telling each other about each other, the stuff, the stuff we've done along the way. And he tells me he's working on this documentary. Have I heard of the crystal skulls? And I'm like, oh, of course I've heard of the crystal skulls. Like, I've seen every single episode of Ancient Aliens more than once. And... I, I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, what are you even talking about? It was so big to me. And I remember having a secret wish in my heart that I could be a part of it in some way at that moment. But it felt so big. And Ruben and I didn't know each other yet. I, did, I was not yet comfortable inviting myself over to Ruben's house to play. Although I am now. As you know, Corey, I get my, my people that are soul brothers and sisters as we go through this work, it gets, it gets deep fast. And now I would definitely be like, Ruben, I want in on that project you're doing. Let the Akashic Academy produce it. Come on. But we weren't quite there yet. So it was just a wish in my heart. And probably six to eight months later, I remember Ruben reached out and said, all right, we're doing the documentary. We're going cross country. Uh, can we stop? Can I stop by your house in Reno and interview you? Not only for my next round of interview with Ed, which is where he interviews clairvoyance and channels. Um, but do you want to be a part of the documentary? I've got Bill traveling with me and my film crew. Yes. That's like, do you want to introduce yourself? That you said that everybody, yes, I want to be a part of that, Ruben. Then he asked me, furthermore, do you want to continue on to Mount Shasta for the filming, the last part of the filming of that documentary where we're going to meet up with a couple of more light workers? I'm like, Yes. And so, yes was my answer. And I said, do you have a place to stay? You can stay at my house, by the way. And he's like, really? The whole crew, the crew can sit? I'm like, yes, you can. And so I met Bill on my doorstep one night as I had been frantically cleaning all day, waiting for Bill and Ruben and Steve and the Skull and the film crew to show up. And that's where our adventure started. Stayed in my guest room. We filmed in my house. Then we moved to Shasta. We continued filming there. Um, and then on that trip to Shasta, I, I had 
after opening the records of the skull, you asked me about that too. There are so many similarities in my mission and what the skull is not only here to do, but a physical representation of, uh, because all of the work that I do is, is very impressionistic with people. It requires a, a movement of our consciousness, a trusting of our imagination. This is what it looks like to begin physicalizing the next steps of the Akashic Records physically contained here on the planet. And when I open the record to the skull, that's basically, I'm like, oh, this is the records. Amazing. It was, it was pretty powerful. And so then on, on the trip to Shasta, I asked Bill, I'm like, Bill, will you come back to Shasta with me and join me here with my uh, visionaries and light workers and quantum thought leaders over Lion's Gate, which we did in August of this year. And it was so freaking amazing. Bill's continuing on. He's going to work with me and come to Sedona as well in February. So for those of you who are interested in that, just hashtag Sedona in the comments right now. And uh, I'll make sure that you know exactly what's going on on that, on that event. On that note, uh, Emily, I'll, uh, I'll add this in. Uh, we're going to be rebroadcasting this on, the, uh, on my podcast tomorrow. And so for those people, they can't really hashtag it. So at the end, let's make sure we tell them how they can reach out because it's a little yeah, different absolutely. than the podcast. Uh, so having said that, I'm going to switch back to Bill. Bill, one of the things a lot of people ask me about is because, uh, and Emily would know this, I don't know if she shared this, but I, I'm obsessed with interviewing people. So uh, it's a pretty insane number of people I've interviewed. And people always ask me, um, what are the top traits you've hear, heard from thought leaders? What's your most unique experience? I kind of want to flip that to somebody else and ask you, obviously, I'm sure you've had a lot of leaders that have spent time with the skull. And so do you have any stories that you can share with us around some leaders that have spent time with the skull, maybe an interesting story or somebody that a uh, funny story or anything you can share with us that sticks out in your mind? Okay. Well, you know what it, uh, it, like I say, it draws people and you never know because there, if you have 10 people, uh, maybe couple of them are drawn to it and some don't have that feeling, but the ones that do, it's really strong and life-changing. So I don't uh, push anything. I let it happen. But, you know, there's uh, uh, Peter O'Toole used to come and see the skull a lot and he'd be in the living room with the skull and he'd always like, like to put it on his chest on the floor and he'd sit there with it for, for hours. And because it has this real peacefulness to it, I think that's a lot of the reason why, but he, he was that way. And, uh, and so Cheryl McLean was another person that, and she did write about the skull and visiting the skull in several of her books that uh, how it affected her and how it changed her life. Because it has a tendency to mirror a person's inner self and bring out changes in because it, they're able to connect with that inner self. And it's so important to, in this, especially in this time and uh, day where we are at this point where the world's in the position for us to do, to bring out our, our gifts and abilities. So when the skull does that, I, I find that quite interesting where people will call me, uh, you know, months later, weeks later, whatever, and say, well, now they're writing books and now they're, uh, they're doing this or 
lecturing on this or whatever. So it, it brings out a lot of this stuff that people probably in their deep mind think about what they'd like to do, but they've never really reached out to it. And it's what it does is that there's so many people that have, we all have these blockages and the blockages are from this life or past life where something happened in our childhood and we say, oh, I'll never do this. And just by doing that, it sets up a pattern and stays with us. And if we can release that pattern and move through it, we are really uh, creator beings. We can create or do anything. And the only thing that stops us from that creation is ourself. And so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to bring that out, not only just with uh, leaders, but hey, it's, we are all people that are searching for you know, the truth and ourself. And so many people say they don't know what they want, who they are or what they want, but it's right there. I just listening to that voice, following what you love. And by doing that, putting yourself in a position where you can do good and help the world and in doing that, there's nothing better than to find that niche. And that niche is, is with each one of us because each one of us have special gifts that the next person doesn't have. And so when you can come into that and bring those forward, uh, you can become and do whatever is right and purposeful for you. It's, it's really neat and it's really exciting. So uh, as my job going around changing people's lives, hey, I like it a lot. It's pretty cool. Uh, and so I've, uh, I kind of go with the flow because you have to do that, especially in this day and age. But uh, the, uh, the skull says the word is remember. And it's a matter of remembering who and what we really are and bringing that knowledge into ourself now so we can become our full self. And, and that's, that's a real uh, positive and neat and exciting thing that's right for us right now. So Emily, I wanted to switch back to you for a second, ask you what differences have you noticed in your life since working with the skull? Because obviously we're talking about how it can impact lives, it can change people. And so, you know, somebody like yourself that with that fangirled out about it in the first place, you know, let's talk about the real world results. Like, what have you noticed? Have you noticed differences or change in your life since you started working with it? Yeah, it's really cool. And I want to share in a framework that I think will be uh, applicable and relative to your audience because you do zero in on thought leaders, um, difference makers, influencers here on the planet. And I want to go back to that word, that, that label, thought leaders. The thoughts that are going through our minds, those of us who assume that role, that responsibility of being a thought leader, it's, it's like a modern day philosopher, right? It's so important that we have new thoughts that are coming in, that we notice new thoughts. And I have never experienced in my life, perhaps this is part of maturing as well, but what I'm noticing is I'm like, oh, that's a new thought. I'm noticing that my mind is thinking new thoughts very regular, regularly. It's like it's become a pattern. It's become a habit. And it's very noticeable. I'm like, oh, I'm not thinking of how old Emily used to think. 
old Emily would have, new Emily, oh, look how easy she taps into this. And it's interesting because I get ideas about how to solve real life problems that I never would have gotten before. I noticed my brain working differently. I noticed as I sit down to plan and map quarterly goals in my business, all of a sudden I'll see a flash of a possibility of what I can create. And then I see all of the pieces unfolding in it. And I'm like, damn girl, where those thoughts come from? I guess, I guess genius is sitting in the, in the driver's seat now, huh? Because it's gotten really easy to tap in and to just be like, and it, it feels beyond what I know. Sometimes overtired, sometimes not proper, having not properly eaten or hydrated. I was going to say, say showered, but I didn't. I usually probably spend more time than the average human in the shower. But for not always being able to take care of myself in optimum human health, my thoughts are really exciting and inspiring. Wow. It's, I mean, it's amazing. And I have to say, Emily, that we've talked about this recently, but I've seen a transformation in you in, you know, the last year or two, because I've, I think like we, we recently figured out, I think we've known each other over five years or in that range. In that and, range. and I've seen massive changes in you in, in the last 12 to 20, 24 months, like dramatically compared to the previous three years. So, so what you're saying, I just want to back up because I've seen it in real time. Isn't that fun when you can be uh, somebody's sole friend and partner, like, like that soulmate kind of relationship? where you see them growing and developing. So I think we have lots of different ways that our soul has contracted to like cheerlead and support each other. I feel the same about you. I gave Bill a full rundown about you and Shelly and the boys and the movement and all of the things that have exploded in your world as well um, since I've known you. It's really fun. It's, it's, funny. it's funny you said the boys and I can hear them in the back, way in the background. Oh, I begging to get in. Yeah, well, I mentioned to you that, uh, yeah, I, I'm working from home tonight because I'm normally at the office, but just different time zones. I wanted to make it work for you guys. And of course, I'm four hour time difference. Uh, so I had to make it work from home. But yeah, so I can hear the voice. So it's almost like they know you're talking about them. Uh, so, Bill, I'm going to switch back to you. And then Emily, I'm going to come back to you for the final question. But Bill, I want to ask you, uh, with Emily, I mean, you know, the questions with the skull, I'm sure you could spend your time in any way you want, because obviously... Uh, you and the skull have become probably very sought after. So what has made you decide to travel with and work with Emily? Okay, well, the skull kind of guides me in a lot of stuff. And the work that she is doing is important work. So uh, it fits comfortably together to do what it does. The skull, you can't uh, tell it to do anything. You can't say, oh, this person's got a problem. Could you fix their right shoulder? Uh, because it, it works on a, all your bodies, and it's uh, it, especially if a person is open to it, like opening the door towards you as far as pushing on it and pushing it tighter, you have to open to it, and you can't uh, think that, oh, it's going to, well, I want this done, or I want that. You just let it be, and it, it makes some major changes, and that's the way it does the most. So, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I find that we can help each other and the skull 
works as I've worked with a lot of her people and they're very, very special in touch people that are really open to uh, bringing in through this higher knowledge and helping the world. And, and that's uh, what the skull and I try to focus on is being that positive thing to bring this consciousness into the world. So uh, having a, uh, and working with her and with her people, her people especially are very, uh, they're open and they're very uh, able to work with the energy very neatly. So I, I find that very exciting. And uh, I think that uh, Emily and I uh, share so much on the same thing as far as what we're here for and what we're doing with this. So it's it works out real good. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to, you know, you go with life, you just follow it. And if you do that, it takes you to the right places and the right people. And uh, so it's a blessing for, for me and I hope a blessing for her. And uh, but the main thing is when we do this work, we're going to have fun doing it. And that's the whole thing. You got to have fun. Adventure. Oh. Adventure. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. And so, uh, Emily, somebody gave me a perfect segue on StreamYard. It doesn't always show all the comments, and it also doesn't show sometimes who said the comment if they're not logged in a certain way. So you'll have to search for this later. But somebody put hashtag Sedona. Just as okay. I was about to ask you the question, uh, you mentioned this earlier, but you guys have a retreat coming up in Sedona. I believe you mentioned it's in February. Um, so my question is, can you tell us more about it? And if somebody's feeling called to it, what direction should they take? What are the next steps? Absolutely. I got booted from the broadcast because I was going to put the link in there for everybody for the event next week. Because Sedona, yes, if you're interested, hashtag Sedona. That's the fastest way. And I will reach out to you. But there are other steps. Uh, specifically, there's a prerequisite, a training prerequisite before you get to Sedona. So in Sedona, I will be training in the advanced Akashic record studies which means you need to already learn how to read your Akashic Records people. You have to learn how to read before you can come to read the Akashic Records class in Sedona because we're going to be reading the chapters of your life that have to do with your karma, your biggest, stickiest, nastiest karma that has created dis-ease all over your life and lifetimes. We're going to work on clearing karma and healing. It's big for everybody. And then the uh, next level that we will go into during this retreat so it's like you're getting level two and level three is tapping into your unique genius and reading the chapters of your akashic records that are going to bring forward an understanding around your true genius so you got to learn to read the records before you can come i used to require an investment for anybody to learn to read the akashic records with me all three of these levels level one learn to read them level two clear your karma level three get your genius figured out all of that used to be packaged together in a fifty five hundred dollar deep dive program i'm now teaching level one for free which is so phenomenal and exciting as my business has been able to grow that i can offer that to people for free so next week i'm going to go back and i'll put the link in um is that training it's live you don't have to show up live there will also be a replay but if you want to learn and train with me live people 
is not something that I've ever done before, but I'm, I'm going to start doing this because I feel really called to do it. Um, but come on, what you waiting for? I want to see you next week. And I want to teach you how to read your Akashic records, regardless if you continue the training in Sedona. This is something that, in my opinion, every person on the planet needs to do. We have the right to do. It opens up a complete, infinite number of new dimensions of possibility. And it's my gift and honor and pleasure to share that with you. Any questions about anything I just said, just reach out to me. That's the easiest way. Send me a message here on Facebook. So, and I just want to reiterate what you said there, Emily, just before we all run off. Um, when you said free and you've never done it before, and then you said a key thing, there's not even a requirement to go to Sedona. So it's not like somebody has to book Sedona to no. go to that next week. I mean, it's literally just free. No, like just Emily's giving back basically in every sense of the word. It is. It feels like that. You know, when, well, in the beginning, as I was learning this, like I have a genius in this realm, in this space. And as I'm learning to make my way from the old 3D matrix of oppression and I'm stepping into freedom, one of the really important lessons that we learn along the way is we don't give away our, our, our greatest gifts for free. We learn to value them. And then we ask other people to stand in value in them. If you're an entrepreneur or you're a coach, this is, this is what the process looks like, right? Um, and so I learned that part of the lesson along the way. And now my business is growing and expanded in a way that I don't have to guard that time quite so fiercely. I get to spend my time in a more free and abundant way. And I love teaching. I actually had a dream about being backstage, getting ready to teach a huge auditorium full of people. And it just felt so normal and so real. And I was so excited and alive and on fire for it. So it's, it is, it is Emily giving back, but this is, this is what it looks like to up level in abundance for me. I am breaking a lot of online business rules. A lot of the online business people say, don't do this. This is not good. But I told them this. <laughs> I mean, you know, Emily, I have to, I have to add in, you know, what, to what you just said there. I mean, I, I run into people often who say, oh, I'd love to be in your program, but it's not the right time now financially. And, and I think they think I'm going to say, you know, oh, well, too bad. But I'm, the, I'm like, you know what? If you're not ready for that yet, Here's my podcast with mm -hmm. almost, I think there's 70 episodes where I give away tips for how to crush it on a stage. And the truth is, if you listen to every one of those, and you follow those, you would get most of what's in my program. It's just that you can't get it all at once in the same way, but you can go there and listen to that for free. Or as you know, I do probably three or four times a month, at least I'm doing a Facebook live or something where I'm giving it away for free. So I have to tell people, Hey, even if it's not the right time financially, just follow me and watch what's coming up because at the end of the day, I still want to serve you. I still want to help you. Mm -hmm. I may not be able to help you. It might not look the exact same way it would if you came into my high-level deep dive program. Correct. But you're still going to get stuff that can transform your life if you apply it. And so I love that you're doing that because I think we need more of that. Thank you. I, it feels really aligned for me. And you know what? I don't I don't care. If some of you, if, if it, there are always outliers on the statistics, I know a lot of you are going to get bored. It's too long. You're not going to print the workbook. Well, wah, wah, wah. guess what? The outliers are those of you that I want to work with. 
the outliers are those that come alive in my field that are committed that are ready to do the work i'm i'm an, an outlier a results not typical kind of uh growth experience so i like to work with people who are like that too amazing well bill and emily and the skull thank you so much for joining me today this has been an absolute pleasure with your permission both of your permission i'll call it a to be continued because i feel like we barely scratched the surface uh you know 35 minutes what have you is not enough time to really cover everything so i just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart again call it a to be continued and then i simply want to say i love what you're doing i'm going to spread the word i'm going to uh, probably by this weekend i'm going to try to get something out emily in my newsletter about the uh what you have coming up next week uh, we'll watch for the the hashtag uh sedona in here and then at the same time those again listening to the podcast which is even a bigger audience uh, we'll make sure that they know how to get a hold of you as well. I guess that's that's the final question. How can they reach you if they're listening on the podcast now? Where would they reach out to you? Like, would they send you an email? Would they go to a certain website? Is there kind of a place you direct them? My email is emily at theakashicacademy.com. So long as you can spell the Akashic Academy, you're going to find me right? Uh, you can also go to Google, theakashicacademy.com. But honestly, guys, Akash and Akashic is the most Google term in metaphysics right now. So even if you kind of sound it out right, spell check has got your back. Maybe 10 years ago, you were off. Like I sometimes I spell things so bad, spell check can't even get me. Can't even like back me on that one. But Akash is now uh, familiar enough that spell check will get your back, but it's AKA. S-H-I-C, Akashic. Akashic. And if they Google it, or now that they know how to spell it, they send you an email, you, yes. you can you can hook them up. So Emily Harrison, Bill Holman, this has been an absolute pleasure, as I mentioned. Thank you so much. Thanks for bringing the skull. Uh, thank, thank you to you. the skull for bringing its energy as well. I know it's, it comes with it where it goes, but you know, thank you to the energy as well. And uh, you guys are fantastic. Thank nice you so working much. with you. Nice meeting you. So, Likewise. Okay, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, my friends. Until next time. Adventure. Thanks, Adventure. Yep. <laughs> Another adventure. <laughs>